0: Good morning, everyone. Oh. <laughs> I agree, the music's been amazing today. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is good to be in the house of the Lord on this uh, special Sunday, All Saints' Day, where we remember the lives of those who were members of our church but have passed away in the last year. And perhaps there are those that are on your mind uh, who were not church members but. Were family members, were friends, um, those that have passed in the last year that um, bring to you warm memories, uh, perhaps sadness, perhaps joy, um, but certainly uh, some act of grace that God has given to us all in the fact that we simply knew them. Um, this morning, our scripture today comes from the Gospel according to Luke. We're in chapter 6. It says in the bulletin that we're going to start in verse 20. We're actually going to start in verse 17 because I want to give a little context as to what's taking place in this story. So Luke chapter 6, verse 17, if you want to follow along in your pew Bible. Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, Revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and weep for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets." But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we ask that you will speak to us today. Through the pages of the scripture, through the spirit pulling at our hearts, perhaps from someone who's sitting close to us in this church, you might speak to us again. Lord, open our ears that we may hear. In Jesus' name, amen. We tend to have two ways of thinking about the saints, and it turns out that neither one of them is very helpful. We often think of saints with a capital S, like St. Peter, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Augustine, the named heroes of the faith who made their mark on the world and left a legacy that far outlasted their lifetimes. And then we also think of the saints with a lowercase s, And here we usually mean someone of heroically long-suffering patience or rigidly upright moral conduct. Either concept is intimidating and sounds practically inaccessible to us regular folks who routinely lose their keys and their phones and yell at the TV on a crucial fourth down when Carolina's moving down the field. We don't feel like we can live like the people who bravely faced the lions in the Colosseum and went down to glorious martyrdom. Or even our saintly neighbor down the block who never missed a Sunday worship and never missed an opportunity to tell you she never missed Sunday worship. We don't feel like we can live like these people. And if we're honest, we don't really want to live like these people. For dying violently or living joylessly, while they seem to be the two models for sainthood in our society, neither fulfills Jesus' hope for us that we might have life and have it abundantly. The other reason we place the concept of sainthood on such a high pedestal is because it seems to absolve us of any responsibility. Saints are so out of touch with our real lives. I mean, what does St. Patrick know about paying the mortgage? Right? What does St. Francis of Assisi know about changing a flat tire or having an argument with your spouse? The saints don't know what real life is like. And so we figure we don't have to listen to their prophetic messages. This is what we tell ourselves to keep our, at a safe distance from real sainthood. But the original use of the term saints, particularly by Paul, was meant to indicate all the faithful who gather to worship God. Today is not just about the heroes of the faith, and it's not just about our own beloved, uh, loved ones who have gone on before us. It's not some saints' day. It's all saints' day. Our job today is to take away some of the haloed all that we place around saints and ask ourselves, if we're all saints, what does that mean? If it doesn't mean heroic glory or unhappy perfection, what does it mean? What should we do? How should we live? The great saints of the church, the heroes of the faith who gave their lives for the gospel, were in fact folks just like us. Now, if we stop to think about it, we know that already. They're not superhuman. Um, Poor St. Peter, God bless him, you know, he certainly put his foot in his mouth more often than he'd like, up to the point of denying and abandoning Jesus. We can easily picture a 21st century St. Peter losing his temper and possibly making rude gestures in traffic. Uh, If St. Teresa of Avila lived today, she might take the last scoop of coffee grounds in the break room and forget to tell anybody that she did so, maybe. If St. Francis or St. Augustine lived today, they might have embarrassing pictures on Facebook from times gone by. (laughs) We know that the saints were everyday human beings just like us. And we can be sure they made the same mistakes and had the same frailties. And yet something within them led them to do great things for the gospel, to live and sometimes die with incredible courage and boldness. Now, how did they do that? If we're all saints, then we're called to live as though our lives and our memories will last a thousand years as well. How can we live so that our legacy strengthens the next generation that follows us. What the saints had was an unshakable commitment to follow Jesus no matter where he took them. And we have an incredibly vivid portrait of where following Jesus takes us in our gospel lesson today. Consider verse 20 of what we just read. All right, It says, Jesus looked up at his disciples. Now, I found that weird. What does it imply that he looked up? In order for Jesus to look up at his disciples, that means he has to be below them. So take your mental picture from all those old Sunday school pictures, you know, and, and where, you, where you saw you know, Jesus preaching from some rock and he's, he's facing the crowds that are down below him and just turn that on its head because that's not what's happening here. And so Jesus is down on the ground as he taught this particular lesson and he takes a minute while he's healing people, to explain to his disciples just what this means, okay? So so picture with me. So you've got all these disciples who are gathered around in a circle around Jesus, okay? And Jesus, he's like laser focused. He's got all of his attention. He's got all of his healing grace just centered on this poor, pain-wrecked man or woman, right? And so... I'm imagining that the person who needs healing is lying down. And perhaps Jesus is kneeling beside him or her. And he's got his hands on this dirty, smelly, sore-laden body. And is giving out his healing. In salvation, and the disciples are all gathered around, and he looks up at them. He says, You know what? Blessed are the sick, and blessed are the poor, and the hungry, and those who thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are excluded, those who are reviled, and those who are persecuted. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you. You are loved, he says. In fact, he says, you are mine. This is not the Sermon on the Mount. This is not Jesus on the rock, preaching out to thousands at a time. This is not Jesus teaching simply by word. This is Jesus teaching by word and by deed. He chooses to be with and among the pain of this world. He speaks to us from the heart of frail, suffering, flawed humanity because that's where he chooses to live. This is the special character of the great saints. They weren't spiritual athletes accruing a greater number of holiness points every day. No, they knew their own weaknesses, and they combined that with the desperate needs of the world to create the very conditions for which God can do miracles. They just got along in the process. It sounds backwards, doesn't it? You would think the saints would bring all their strength and all their intelligence to bear on the levers of power and wealth. But instead, they entrusted their weak and wounded selves to the Jesus that they found in the midst of the pain, where it hurts. At the bottom of the chasm within themselves. The one who's there looking back up at them and telling them, you're blessed. The saints heard him there. And they followed him there. And through them, Jesus changed the world. Now, many of us here in the gospel today, we're not literally poor or hungry. But those of us who are blessed with economic riches and societal privileges are often desperately poverty-stricken in other ways. We are starving for meaning in our lives. We weep silently out of loneliness and depression. We hunger for community without even realizing it. We thirst for our own lost integrity. We we are striving for a hope that has been lost in a world that's been driven mad by greed and division and cynicism. But we need not fear looking down into the depths of suffering. Whether the abyss we run from is the hunger and oppression that we find around the world or even in our neighborhoods. Or the undiscovered darkness that we find within our hearts and in our souls. When we look down into these places, we find Jesus there looking back up at us. And where he is, we don't need to fear being there. That's what the great saints, the heroes of the faith, they knew. They saw Jesus look up at them and call them blessed. And so they followed him down into the depths. And there they found healing and joy and communion with God and with others. An individual who follows Jesus down to join with him in lifting the whole world up. That's, that's what a saint is. No glory, no perfection not any particular holiness, just mustering the courage to say yes to his love, a love that reaches out to touch us in our poorest and most wounded places. Want to know if you're a saint? See Jesus look up at you and say, you are blessed. You are loved. You are mine. Take that truth into your heart and know that today, All Saints Day is for you too. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our prayer today is found inside your bulletin in a bulletin insert entitled, A Litany for All Saints. I invite you to pray with me. Let us pray. Everlasting God, this day revives in us memories of loved ones who are no more. What, what happiness we, we shared when they walked, walked among us. us. What joy when loving and being loved we lived our lives together. Their, Their memory, memory is a blessing forever. forever. Months or years may have passed, and still we feel near to them. Our, our hearts yearn for them. Though the bitter grief has softened, the duller pain abides. For the place where once they stood is empty now. The The links of life are broken, but the links of love and longing cannot break. Souls are bound up in ours forever. We see them now with the eye of memory, their faults forgiven, their virtues grown larger. So So does goodness live and and weakness fade from sight. sight. We remember them with gratitude and bless their names. Their memory memory is a blessing forever. And we remember as well the members who but yesterday were part of our congregation and community. To all who cared for us and labored for all people, we pay tribute. May we prove worthy of carrying on the tradition of our faith, for now the task is ours. Their souls are bound up in ours forever. We give thanks that they now live and reign with you. As a great cloud of witnesses, they surround us with their blessings and offer you hymns of praise and thanksgiving. They are alive forevermore. Amen. We will now remember the church members who have died in the past year. As their names are read, if you knew one of them, we invite you to stand in memory of the person that you knew. And if you were part of their family, we invite you to come forward and to light a candle in their memory today. You will find the list of the departed on the front of the bulletin. Today we remember with gratitude the following people. Jack Bergman. Doug Campbell. Tony Curran. Skip Flowers. Harold Gerrish. Gene Goldston. Molly Howell, Dennis Jackal, Bill Jump, Susie Kemp, Arn Lassie, Bill McConaughey. Jack Medlin. Kate Mitchell. Ray Parkhurst David Ridenauer. Joanne Roberts, Bob Taylor, may be seated. But perhaps there are others that you'd like to lift up, those who have passed in the last year who were not members of Wrightsville United Methodist Church, but were known and beloved by you, a brother, sister, spouse, grandmother, child, a cousin, a best friend. Uh, We invite you to lift their names now.